Hi, everyone. Welcome to Avenue Code Extraordinary Women in Tech podcast. I'm Juliana Julio and I have a very special guest with me today, a Senior Director of Program Management, Priya Udeshi. Hi, Priya. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so happy to have you here with me. It's an honor to have you. So for a start, could you please share some information about your background and how you started in, in tech? Absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my story and my voice and you know, hopefully I can help somebody, you know, maybe they're going through a similar journey that I have, or maybe have experienced something similar. So super happy to be here. Um, so my journey, so, you know, early in my early days, you know, I always gravitated towards the maths and sciences, you know, just in high school was kind of a math geek. Um, Got a graduate degree in electrical engineering from my alma mater um, back in Boston. Um, I was actually the first female engineer in my family and the only electrical engineer after my grandfather, which is something that I'm really proud about. Um, but right after graduating, I moved into the space of you know IT, started my career as a business systems analyst, project manager, uh, primarily in financial services and, and the banking world. In the banking world, I would say I kind of worked my way through the ranks of traditional IT project program and portfolio management, led technology transformations, um, led IT strategic planning cycles, you know, kind of that focus on aligning technology delivery to um, strate uh, strategic objectives. Um, again, like I said, spent the majority of my career in financial services, then most recently led um, an enterprise technology PMO in the connected fitness space um, at Peloton, vastly differing, you know, two ends of the spectrum uh, between the bank and and Peloton, um, but my next move will be in the database industry, also leading a, P a program and portfolio management uh, capability for the tech ops organization at MongoDB. Oh, that's so amazing. And I can see that since you were young, you were amused of uh, being in a very male dominated areas. So do you have any tactics, uh, tactics uh, have you used any tactics to ensure your voice was heard, is heard nowadays too? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The first exposure that I got to that was honestly in college, right? So always being a math geek, you know, in high school, grade school and high school, you don't really notice the ratio, right, in the room of boys versus girls. But, you know, when I entered college, I chose my major of electrical engineering. So, you know, that was my first exposure to it. I remember, you know, this was back in the early 2000s. I remember a statistic being shared with me at the time that in the school of engineering, not just electrical engineering, but in the school of engineering, the women rate was 19% in the entire school. Um, and in my graduating class of electrical engineers, I was one of nine girls. Um, so, you know, definitely, you know, a big disparity there. Fast forward into my growing career in technology and working specifically in the banking world, um, I definitely got more, more exposure to that, you know, realization that that was going to be the case. I think personally for me, one thing that helped, especially in my early years, was honestly not to place so much emphasis on it. You know, this was before there were concerted efforts towards, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and culture. And I, I personally just never really used it as a reason to be hurt. I acted almost purposefully naive to the fact that I looked different from everyone else, right? Like, I looked at myself as an equal, and I think once you know, only once you can start looking at yourself as an equal, that's when you're going to get others to look at you like an equal. And I think just owning my experience and my credibility and really using that to speak my truth and speak my voice is, is what really, um, what really helped. And I actually remember in my, you know, middle management days, 
I work for a bank. It was a pretty small bank. Um, so I had a lot of opportunities to sit around the boardroom and meet with, you know, board of directors, senior executive leadership. And when I look around that table, I was most certainly the the most diverse thing, <laughs> you know, that sat around the table. And I had, you know, all the minority cards in my fold. I was a daughter of immigrant parents. I was a woman. I was probably younger than most of the folks in the room. Um, but, you know, when I, I'd look around that table, I would remind myself that there is no one path to success, right? And just because they may have had more years of experience or maybe more um, available opportunities than I may have had, that their success and their experience doesn't negate mine. Um, and there is an absolute value of my value and it has nothing to do with the next person. It's not comparative. And I think just understanding that there is enough success for everyone at the table um, really shifts your thinking and your outlook into, you know, how do you obtain that growth and just not lean into that challenge that, that we as women face. Well, that's impressed with, and I agree a hundred percent because when you value yourself, it's like other people also value, they, they know that you have value. So it have to start in the inside. And I like that you mentioned culture. So have you seen organizations focus on culture evolve over the years? And what's the impact that it had on your professional career? Yeah, you know, I've seen a tremendous positive shift in the way that we think about diversity and the impact on culture. You know, when I say in my early years, I was purposefully naive, it's because I had to be, right? Like I didn't have, you know, an outlet to discuss these disparities as a woman of color. I mean, there were no DEI efforts. There were no platforms to acknowledge the disparities, you know, these disparities that we're talking about. And um, I had to do what I, you know, I did what I had to do to obtain the level of success that I aspired for. Um, but I, you know, even in my time, you know, because I did spend the majority of my my career in the banking world, I saw that shift happened and I was actually very pleasantly surprised. The bank specifically that I worked for in the more recent years, you know, the culture looked vastly different than when I had started. Um, you know, they, I think in the more recent years, the organization did acknowledge the fact that, you know, being a one demographic or a two demographic organization were, were over, right? And if they wanted to remain competitive and current, you know, there was going to have to be a shift in the way, you know, they attain and retain top talent. Um, and I, you know, I think now we are seeing organizations, you know, introducing employee resource groups, DEI offices, culture management offices, and these have really had a tremendous positive impact in addressing and solving for a lot of these disparities that we as women and specifically women of color face. I will say, obviously, we have a long way to go, but the conversations, the tricky topics are being discussed. And I think that part is huge. Yeah, I see that we are kind of breaking some walls. Uh, we achieved a lot of things. I, I say that because I, I'm also, I'm a computer science engineer and in my classes, I've had so, a few girls too, like five girls uh, and another 40 or 50 uh, boys. And yeah, uh, and it's growing actually, the number of girls in classes of engineering is growing. That's really good to see. And uh, I can see also too that we still need to keep us engaged and keep uh, our passion in technology because some of the girls sometimes give up because they don't think that's the area for them. And I can see the passion in you. You have a passion for success and you also motivate your team. Can you share your strategies for keeping your team on track and inspired? Yeah, you know, I first became a people manager um, 
I want to say about 10 years ago. And the one thing that I learned very quickly is that groupthink ain't going to get you far, <laughs> right? Uh, leaders should not want to foster a team culture that is fully consensus-based or based on conformity. And I think at one point in my career, I, I did have a manager like that. It was very, you know, my way or the highway and didn't feel like we, you know, my peers and I were allowed to have our own intellectual creativity. And I will say sidebar, if anybody feels like that or that they're in that kind of situation, it might be time to make some changes, which is exactly what I did when, when it happened to me. But, you know, to, when I think about, you know, creating high performing teams and leveraging DEI to do that and how do we, you know, what are the strategies to keep the team inspired? I think leaders absolutely should have a clear vision and articulate that vision frequently. But it's just as important, if not more, to ensure individual responsibility exists um, amongst, you know, team members to yield those best outcomes. And again, when I think of DEI, it's been, it's always been an important part of that because like I said before, there is no one path to success, right? We've all taken different paths in our lives. Your experiences are different than my experiences and, and diversity really is that. It's not just, you know, the color of our skin. It's, it's bringing fresh perspectives you know, diverse perspectives, diverse skills to the table and being inclusive of and embracing those areas of diversity. That's to me, what's going to help yield the best outcomes and, and fill those highly aware, you know, high performing uh, teams. Yeah. And when we talk about teams and thinking as a group, thinking as a team, uh, we need different kind of thinking we need the mo the most diversity thing things are basically the best because we have different perspectives we have different uh lives there uh, realities so we can in different areas actually but it's still in technology uh diversity can help us to develop ourselves and the project that we are working with so in your day-to-day -day work uh how will you make a difference in, in the impact you strive to have in the tech industry? That's a great question. You know, I, every day, I just try to embody certain values and principles that I think are crucial to any woman trying to progress in the tech industry. Things like, you know, how to be confident yet humble. You know, I have a husband. I know, you know, what they need to hear. Sometimes you need to hear things a certain way. And I, you know, I, I think confidence, you have to balance that, right? Confidence yet, you know, humbleness, I think is important. How to be assertive yet calm. Um, and I think honestly, just trying to be respectful and pleasant. Um, it's, you know, sad to say there's, there is unfortunately so much negative energy that exists in the workplace. And a lot of it may be justified, but, you know, working, I think for me, working by that golden rule that we all learned as children, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. And, you know, more importantly, treat others with the respect and the honor you wish they exuded, even if sometimes it doesn't feel like they're not, you know, that they're not deserving of that respect or they're not maybe reciprocating that respect. I think, you know, so I think definitely your outlook and, and kind of your professionalism that you, you maintain in the workplaces is critical. I think, you know, specifically in the space that I've grown in, in the world of program and portfolio management, like you said before, I really have found a passion for, you know, helping organizations solve problems and enabling high performing technology delivery teams via strong program management principles. So I just really try to stay current in the practice, um, continuously supporting my learning and development, you know, keep providing value while getting that value back in the form of growth. So that's, that's just really the, the impact that I hope to make uh, in the tech industry. 
you know, that that's beautiful. And it's good to see someone with a very strong profile like yours saying uh, about respect. And you are a respectful person. You are a great leader. And uh, in your opinion, as a great leader as you are, how can support groups for women in tech impact, impact the future of technology? Yeah, I think support groups for women in tech are so important to the future of technology. Like you said before, we are seeing the statistics and the numbers shift for the better. And that's a really empowering thing. And, you know, specifically for me, you know, being a woman of Indian descent, well, we do see, you know, a much higher number of Indians working in tech jobs. The number of Indians and that's who Indian women in leadership positions is actually still relatively small. And I see that, I mean, it, it is growing again, but I think having groups like this where like-minded women can come together, um, regardless of, you know, whether you're an experienced leader or an aspiring leader, the level of support and networking that happens at groups, you know, like, um, you know, like the, the support groups can tremendously bridge that gap, I think, of where you are in your career and, and where you want to be. So I think, I think it's huge. And you have transitioned from a Hansel project manager to an exceptional leader. Uh, can you discuss this transition and how you tried to create an inclusive team culture? Yeah, definitely. I think um, starting off as a project manager um, in my career has allowed me to have first a lot of empathy for the roles. <laughs> Um, and then I just come to learn what good looks like, you know, as in my early career as a project manager, I mean, I, you know, managed every type of project under the sun, systems development projects, infrastructure related projects, cloud migrations, business process transformations, and everything in between. But, and I think just learning this space has really allowed me to obtain that credibility and also grow as a leader. And I think, you know, as a leader, you definitely don't need to know everything or every capability in your org, like the back hand, it's important to have distributed leadership and that, you know, individual responsibility and um, accountability um, that exists across the team. But you also don't want to be like so hands off that you have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, leaders shouldn't be expected to know everything, but, you know, leaders should know how to tap into the right skills on their team that are going to help and, or, you know, help their organization, you know, go down the right path. And I think that to me is what's really differentiated a, a manager or a leader from um, from an exceptional one is when, you know, leaders aren't above asking for help or, you know, and, and just acting like they know everything. Exceptional leaders will start, you know, from that credible foundation and lean into those diverse perspectives, like we talked about earlier, to really bring their team to the next level. And, you know, I always say to my team, I'm not just learning from my leaders and, you know, those above me, I'm learning from my peers my colleagues, and absolutely from my, from my team. Um, so I think also just being inclusive means creating a space of learning um, from, you know, from one another and embracing those differences and supporting one another. And, you know, I always, I live by whether it's in my personal relationships or my professional relationships, I think it's, it's always been important to me to be in an environment that is supportive of each other because otherwise we're not going to grow to our fullest potential, both, you know, individually and at the, at the team level. Yeah, I love this idea of having a space where you can learn, learn all together, because I agree that even if you're a leader, you don't know everything, You are, we are all continuous learning. That's part of being human, actually. We don't know everything of all the subjects. We are still learning with new generations, with other generations, uh, all of them, actually. And 
university space and this team space that makes the difference for us to learn with each other. And being a good leader, I believe, is being humble enough to assume that we need to learn more, that you don't know everything. And still thinking about the topic of technology and now digital transformation. Uh, digital transformation is prevalent in the industry right now. Uh, how can you see these developments and their importance for companies to adopt, particularly within your space of project, program, or portfolio management? Yeah, definitely. You know, we talked earlier about sort of the, you know, the transition from, or the transformation, I would say about like traditional legacy PMOs to what we were seeing today in the, in the form of more agile transformation offices or value delivery offices. And I think, you know, in the world of PMO, like we've seen that the transition really has occurred from being a very outputs focused measurement, right? Performance measurement to an outcomes based or results driven sort of, you know, kind of performance measurement area. And I think, you know, that transformation is is really incredible to see. I mean, you know, PMOs are intended to support, you know, this new way of technology and digital transformation. We're looking at new agile ways of working that are more effective and efficient, positioning the PPM rate, the project program portfolio management capabilities as a value enabler and not as a stock gain or a policy checker or a paper pusher. Um, and, you know, I, I know it's crucial to have some sense of program management structure in place if you don't want to yield, you know, an unsustainable technology ecosystem. I mean, I've seen firsthand the implications of a poor PPM capability, um, you know, the form of technology sprawl, you know, redundant systems and efficiencies maybe and how we resource work um, that's led to, you know, a lot of, you know, complex integrations in the environment, just our data in the environment. So a good PPM capability really is the glue that's intended to hold, you know, kind of hold everything together, kind of create that sustainable technology ecosystem and um, set some measures of control to create that sustainability. But, you know, with the introduction of more and more digital capabilities, speed and efficiency need to be, you know, that balance needs to be recalibrated. Process and agility needs to be recalibrated, right? So it's definitely incredible to see the transformation of some of these like fundamental capabilities of the PMO. I mean, you know, gone are the days where, you know, we focus only on, is it on time, under budget, under, you know, those fixed constraints, which we all know the world doesn't operate like that. Um, you know, we have to kind of balance those, those those efficiency structures, which are important to have, but, you know, again, tied to the value enablement that's occurring on the other side. I always say projects are vehicles of change, right? And change is intended to introduce, you know, some kind of value to, you know, your organization. So how do you really keep that, that you know, value proposition as the, as the North star for, you know, all the work that's done through course of the project. Um, and I always think the on time under budget, they're absolutely important, but they cannot and should not be the only thing that determines a project's success in this new world of technology and, uh, and digital transformation. Yeah. I can see that in all the areas of technology that we talk about, I can see the passion in you and it's beautiful to see that. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's an honor to have you here with us. I hope everyone that listens to our podcast could learn something with you. And thank you so much. It's it's great. So happy to have been here. Thank you so much, Juliana and Avenue Code and the Extraordinary Women in Tech Initiative. I think everything you guys are doing is so awesome. So happy to be a part of it. Thank you. See you in the next episode, guys.